Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Today we're beginning, uh, we're go, or not beginning, we're focusing on the third type of personal power that God wants us to secure. We've been on this series titled Securing Personal Power out of the book of Ephesians. Whenever you read the book of Ephesians, let me say one more time, the book of Ephesians is a book that describes ideal Christian living. It is ideal Christianity. And when, when Paul was highlighting ideal Christian living, he was letting us know that he wants every child of God to secure personal power. Okay? Personal power. Power for our lives. And um, I want to say this. Anyone here, if you want to become all that God wants you to be, to be, the only way to become is actually to become power-oriented. Something has to happen in your heart. A shift of faith has to take place in your heart where you start to believe God for his power more than you ever have before. We are called to secure the power of God so that we can live in a natural way these supernatural lives. Some, there, is a, there is a transaction that can take place between you and God that can so profoundly change you and transform you that your life will be a life that lives out the fullness of the call of God. But it requires Power. Everybody say power. power. Now I need to, to make an observation. So I believe that there has been a bit of a shift in the church where we've become experience oriented but not necessarily power oriented. So people love a great service. And sometimes people come to service depending on where you are in God, like sometimes someone's never been to church and when they come to church, they feel the presence of God and they'll say, wow, there's energy here. That's not energy. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will come and manifest his presence and people feel the presence of God. That's why uh, we watch them, uh, people walk in through the doors and we say, hey, God bless you. This was in Philadelphia last Saturday. God bless you. How are you? We throw our arms around them and they start crying. That is a manifestation of the love of God. Do you know that God wants to use you as an agent of his love this coming week? The power of God inside of you, the love of God inside of you, the presence of God upon you, the light of Christ in your eyes. So that people look at you and like, you're just a human being, but there's something different about you. You see, that is when we secure personal power. God wants us to secure personal power. First of all, we talked about the power to dwell. 
That means that in this busy world, in this noisy world, in this world where, where uh, Instagram is calling you and all kinds of social media and Twitter and whatever it is that you might be drawn to, and then, uh, and then Netflix and, and the news, and in all of that, there is a power from God that could say, inside of you that could say, get away from all of that and go spend some time with Jesus. How many want some power to dwell with Christ? Yes, the Holy Spirit is able to say, come on, pull away. Pull away and be with me. Because if you'll be with me, I'll change you. And I'll use you in a supernatural way. And then the more you spend time with God, the more you get filled with the love of God. That's the power to grasp. We talked about that last week. The ability to so get a hold of God's heart inside of your chest that you see people and you weep over them. You meet people and no matter how nasty and ornery they are, you feel compassion for them. How do you think Jesus feels about this wicked world? He loves it. He doesn't love what people do, but how many know he loves every person on this planet. Anybody here believe that Jesus' love is that great, that deep, that wide? Hallelujah. There should be no division. There should be div the world could be divided by politics, by race, by all kinds of things because that's worldly. But in the kingdom of God, we should be so filled with love that nothing divides us. When the power of love is at work, how many know nothing can divide us? We will stand together for the glory of Christ. Somebody say amen. Go ahead and clap even though you're struggling with it. Yes. Help us, Jesus. But today, I want to go past, I want to believe God that we would go past saying, um, oh, what a great meeting, to oh, what a great change. What a great change has taken place in my heart. Something happened, and I'm different. Okay, I've been changed by the power of God. So power to dwell, power to grasp. Today we're talking about the power to believe for the fullness of what God can do in our lives. Okay, and this is power to impact a, your lifestyle. It's not so that you do one great thing. It's so that you would live in the fullness of the call of God. So that your marriage would operate in the fullness. Your parenting in the fullness. Your friendships operating in the fullness of God. Imagine one strong, spirit-filled believer in any sector, in any situation can make the difference. Anybody here believe that? One strong, spirit-filled believer can make the difference. In the most ungodly family, one strong, spirit-filled believer can make the difference. One. One gang member getting saved. One gang member becoming a strong, spirit-filled believer can bring revival and they could stop selling drugs and stop pulling out guns and stop pulling the trigger when the power of God hits. Can absolutely happen. 
But we got to get desperate for the power of God. So look, I want to read once again two verses three times. ESV, GNT, then the NASB. These are different translations. Essentially, a translation is a group of scholars um, trying to interpret what the Bible said back then from the original language to what it means today. Why so many? It's because as time moves on and language changes, they keep trying to keep it current. Because when Jesus spoke, he spoke the common language so that people could understand. In other words, Jesus always meant for us to fully understand his word. And that's why there's these different translations. So let's, let's read. This is the ESV. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. According to the everyone power. According to the power at work within us. This is powerful. According to the power that is at work within us. To him, when the power is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Not just young people. Not just old people. Just an ongoing cycle of spirit-filled people growing up. When the power of God is at work in us. It goes throughout all generations. Jesus gets the glory forever and ever. Everyone, amen. ESV. Now let's go to the GNT. Now to him who by means of his power working in us, his power working in us, personal power, is able to do so much more than we can ever ask for. Or even think of. To God be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time, forever and ever. Amen. Amen means so be it. So be it. Let it be done. Right? And then here's the last one. NASB. This is real special to us because of the Beyond Project, which I'll talk to you about in a moment. But it says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, everyone, beyond, beyond. Beyond means way above. Beyond means way more important. Beyond means way more impactful. Okay? Way above what we could ever ask or think or imagine. Okay, way more important than what we have in our minds, way more impactful, okay? Abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, once again, according to the power that works within us. God wants to work within us by his mighty power. Anybody ready to receive some power? Okay, that's what the text is saying. To him, when the power of God works in you, then he gets the glory in the church, like just now. You know, think about what, what uh, uh, sixth graders all the way to, to college freshmen could be doing, right? And these kids are saying, I want to live for the will of God. Hallelujah. I heard we have some students from Wheaton, the, the, the volleyball team, is that correct? Come on, stand up, ladies. Come on, let's, let's put our hands together. Amen. 
You may be seated. We're going to lay hands on them so that they could jump and, what do you, I don't know how to call that, strike, whatever. Amen. Spirit-filled athletes, spirit-filled students. How does that happen? The power of God at work inside of us, right? Power that works within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations. So whoever says power was for the book of Acts, they didn't read this verse. Okay, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The power of the book of Acts is power today. But we have to raise our faith and we have to believe. To all generations, forever and ever, amen. And I just want to define the power to believe and then I want to pray for a moment. The power to believe is the supernatural ability to ask or think according to God's power working inside of us. So when the power of God works inside of you, it alters your faith so that you ask, ask God differently and you think differently. Maybe that's why a young kid who wants to play baseball says, I'm going to give up this scholarship because I've got to pursue this. Because his thinking is changed by the power of God. You understand? There's an, alter, an altering that takes place by the power of God at work within us. So I want to pray. But brothers and sisters, one of the things that we pray today is that we would go beyond a good service. What a great meeting. It's only great if we had such a profound meeting with Jesus that we're changed. Jesus, change us for your glory. Hallelujah, change us for your glory. So come on, lift your hands. Father, according to your power at work within us, God, would you transform us? Give us the power to believe. We pray for the power to dwell with you. We pray for the power to push past the noise of this world and cling to Jesus and Jesus alone. We pray, we pray for the power to grasp the love of God and to walk with the love of God beating and throbbing inside of our chest. And today we pray for the power to believe, the power to ask exceeding and abundantly more than what we know to be true as humans. But what's in line with your will, with your kingdom, and with your eternal plan? Bless your word today. Bless our time. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We overcome by the power of God at work in us, and we and then we get filled with faith. The power to believe is this ongoing cycle of us asking God, receiving from God, asking God, receiving from God, being provided for by the Most High God and walking by faith. We are more than conquerors through our faith. Faith is what overcomes, and you can't work up faith. You need the power of God at work inside of you. Okay, so that then something supernatural is taking place. This is what the Apostle Paul was talking about. Now, here's what's interesting about today's passage. In 2017, how many years ago was that? Five? 
2017, God gave us these verses for us as a church. It was from these verses, now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond, right? We started the Beyond Project. We moved in here and we said, Lord, you've got so much more for us to do. And when we thought about the Beyond Project, we said, Lord, you want us to go beyond our walls. You want, you want us to reach out. You want us, to, you, you want us to, to pray for teachers online when there's a strike. Take them hot chocolate. You want us to pray for, the, for, the, for the, the, the people who are in government. I remember when the teachers were on strike, we prayed for the teachers, and then the head of CPS came. We laid hands, I believe it was Darcy. She laid hands on her. We prayed for her too. We prayed for everybody, both sides. Amen? We, we, we said, God, take us beyond our walls so that, so that we're making an impact. The schools in this community, they know us. They know us. Pastor Jose is on the board of one of them. They know us. They know that they can come here and get backpacks and, and, and a lot of other things and the, and the becoming center. They know us. So we, we've, we've, we said, hey, Lord, we're going to believe you to do something beyond our walls, uh, beyond our generation, beyond our imagination. The becoming center is born. Supernatural things are happening there all the time. God is doing great things in our midst. Little did we know that somebody would turn around and give us two buildings in the city of Philadelphia in the heart of it, and now we got a church there. How many know that is what you call beyond? Hallelujah. We didn't have that in our minds, but that was beyond our imagination. But here's the thing. This passage of Scripture, as cool as the Beyond Project is, as powerful and true it is, because God gave that to us, this is not talking about a Beyond Project for the church. This is talking about your personal Beyond Project. What's your Beyond Project? What's God's exceedingly and abundantly Beyond for you? Because he wasn't talking about something for the church. He was talking about something for you and for your family. He was talking about some kid who maybe his father was not walking with God, or let's say his father is walking with God, but let's say his father never walked with God, or he never knew his father, or they never served, they never served God in his family, but now he meets God like the Apostle Paul. And he says, you know what? Moving forward, doesn't matter what they were like in, back there. Doesn't matter what they did or who they were. I am called to live differently. I'm going to live for eternity. I'm going to live for the glory of Jesus Christ. And my life is going to be radically different from where I come from. And I don't know where he's taking me, but I'm going to go wherever he takes me. Because I know when I go, he's going to be with me. He's going to provide for me. And I will see the beyond of the glory of God. A personal beyond. When was the last time you said, God... What's your beyond for me? What, what is it that you have for my life? Can I say this to every believer? I was so praying this all week. I've been praying this. Don't live according to the limitations of your mind for your life. Don't live that way. Say, God, when I look in the mirror... I see all sorts of weaknesses, 
and frailties and all kinds of issues. But you know what? I know that any life that surrenders to you, that believes, you can use for your glory. Come on, somebody say amen. So look, seven billion people on the planet, and, and when we were in prayer meeting, this, I was so moved being in a tiny prayer meeting again. When we were in prayer meeting, I was so reminded of when we started. And you realize, two people, Jesus said this, any two people that get together in his name, I'll be there. I'll be there. One husband, one wife, maybe not a lot of money in the bank, maybe not a lot of education in your background, maybe not a lot of this or not a lot, doesn't matter. One husband, one wife, one mom and son, just two Christians praying. And Jesus says, I'm right there. When Jesus is right there, there are no limitations. There's no limitations. There's just his glorious beyond. And so we need power from God to step into his beyond for our lives. Okay. So why does God want to give every person here, every person watching online, why does God want to give us power? It's because, number one, when we receive power, everyone say power. power. When we receive power, he'll do more than we ask. That's what he promised. When we really receive the power to believe, we're going to ask, but God is going to do even more than we ask. God wants to give us a faith disposition and authority as members of the kingdom of God that we start to ask God with great courage and boldness. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace and to believe and to ask audaciously. To like, to like ask in such a way that in the natural mind, we would say, man, you got a lot of nerve to ask like that. You know, this happened with Alexander the Great. Some man did something very, you know, did something for Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great was so moved that he said to the man, ask me whatever you want and I'll do it for you. So the man, he, he, he asked the wrong guy. He probably was from Chicago, this guy. Or maybe from Brooklyn. Because he asked, he went to the treasury, and he asked for so much that the, the head of the treasury said, you can't have all of that. So the treasurer goes to Alexander the Great, and he says, this guy is asking for all of this. And you know what Alexander said? This guy has asked according to the greatness of his king. Give him what he asked for. Listen to this. If Alexander the Great could back up a promise, how about the king of the universe? How about the king of glory backing up what he says he will do? Come on, if you believe God can back up his word, put your hands together and say, I believe, Lord. 
I believe, I believe. But it's a work of God inside of your spirit that has to take place. It's a work of God deep inside of you. Something has to happen. It's the power to believe. It's the power to ask. Here's a great example out of 2 Kings. In the Old Testament, here's a picture. Elisha, the great prophet who did many miracles, he's about to die, and he wanted to leave behind a spiritual legacy of believing. This is why the prayer meeting is the most important meeting of the week. It's because that's where we get together and ask. You understand? So look, Elisha speaks to the king and he says to him, he says to him, take the arrows. So this was an object illustration. I'm jumping right into the conclusion of it. You'll catch it. He says, take the arrows. And the king took them and Elisha told him, strike the ground. So he struck it three times and stopped. And then Elisha, the man of God, was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. In other words, he says, why did you ask in such a weak way? You know what God is saying? God is saying, ask me and ask big. Believe me for miracles. I'm a miracle working God. I'm a God of power and glory. Ask me and believe. And Jesus, could you help me with this parking ticket? You know, come on. (laughs) Ask God. Ask God. Get in the audience of the king. Now, let me give you a quick illustration on this. You know, when Christy and I were... Christy and I got married, and we went on staff at a Bible college. I made 55, it was a faith school. I made $50 or $55 a week. She made 75. We won't talk about why she got more than me, but it's another day. So, and they provided our housing and whatnot. So, but, I mean, it was a step of faith. I was working on at the Twin Towers for a reinsurance company, and I, I left that. My parents were upset that I left that job and all this. So we go, Annie's formula, we had to go on WIC, and, um, and you know, two or three years in that, and our, our credit started to be impacted and all kinds of stuff. It was challenging. So... We finally go get another job in ministry, and our first job in ministry, which I was so, it was ministry at the school, we were both in, in ministry, but I'm saying, I was a pastor, youth pastor at a church, doesn't matter where it was, but it was a very like unhealthy situation. They promised us two salaries, we only got one. Lo and behold, we end up in like eight or $10,000 of debt there. And so we're crying out to God. We actually ended up quitting, but God opens up this miraculous door. And when he opens the miraculous door, we go, I'm 28 years old. Chrissy was 25. Two kids, Tommy um, was born in Nebraska. A door opens in Nebraska. We take over a church of 1,000 people. And I remember two or three weeks in, uh, um, Chrissy's pregnant. We discover she's pregnant and... Like, I'm talking to Pastor Simla. It's very important. Please listen to this. So I'm talking to Pastor Simla, and Pastor Simla says to me, Al, 
you need a house. We were living in an apartment, and I, I said to Pastor Simma, Pastor, we have no money in the bank. We haven't, we, I mean, we've, it's been four years. We haven't had a decent job in four years. I, I, we don't have money in the bank. Our credit is kind of janky, and like, we got we to gotta rebuild. He said, I didn't ask you what you have. He said, you need a house and you're walking in the center of God's will. You have to trust God. So look, God is, Pastor Simla, it like, you know, I pray that, that from this pulpit, there would be moments of impartation like the one I had with Pastor Simla on the phone. Okay. We need impartation in the kingdom. So he says this to me, and I'm like, this doesn't fit in my head, but we started to go and look, and as we're looking for homes, I'm mindful of the conversation that comes after, oh, we like this. <laughs> we like this one, we like this one. I liked a bunch of houses. I was like, yo, this is nice, you know? So here's what happens. The real estate agent was a, a, um, a gentleman from the church, and he had been in the business a long time. So we looked at three or four houses. And meanwhile, all of this is inside of me, but I'm trying to walk in obedience and in faith that I don't even understand. But we go, and uh, at this time, now I'm the lead pastor of a church of a thousand. I did have a salary, right? She had a salary. So... We go, and the, the real estate agent, I did not have this conversation. He says to the owner of this development, they were building houses. So like they were going to build like 70 houses. Um, and he says, uh, this is our new pastor. And he says, um, they need a house. And you know what? Um, they've got some, they've had some financial challenges, but they will be good for it. You know, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. We have a mediator. Jesus is our mediator. And so the, so you know when that happens, you know the blood wants to rush to your face. But I was, I was like, chill. So just stood there. And the guy says, you know what, Pastor? You see this? He pulls out this map. He says, go over to this spot. He's going to take you to this spot. Take your wife over there. Let her pick the floor and the cabinets or whatever. And whatever it is, I'll build this house for you. And I'll be the bank for you for two or three years until you work all of this stuff out. And that's the way we got our first house. It didn't fit in my mind. I didn't know how God was going to do it, but I knew I had surrendered to God. See, some people in the kingdom of God, you live with so much shame. And you forget the mercy and the glory and the power of the love of God. And when you look in the mirror, you look at what you've done wrong instead of what Jesus has done right. 
Jesus paid it all. Jesus' blood washes us. There is no more shame. There is no more condemnation. Just surrender to Jesus and believe Jesus and watch the glory of God flow. He doesn't want you to live in the I don't deserve it because no one deserves it. So look, real quickly, fast forward. Tell them to send a keyboard player to me. But So fast forward. Because of that moment, it puts something in my spirit about faith. So when Chrissy and I were driving in Chicago thinking some church asked us to potentially take over the church and we drove into the parking lot 21 years ago. We drive into the parking lot of the church and we say, this is not God's will. We're driving around, hanging around and Chrissy turns, we're going to the airport. This is how this church was born. We're going to the airport. Chrissy says, we, and and forgive me for all the personal references, but I got to teach you this. So she says to me, uh, uh, this is the, that's the wrong church, but this is the right city. We should start a church here. And I was like, are you crazy? I'm going back to the cheese line? Come on, what, are you crazy? How are we going to do that? I don't want to do it. Either. I go home and pray. And God speaks to my heart and says, go. But I remembered that. Because I never lived in a house before. I only lived in an apartment. That was the first house I ever lived in. You know? And so I remember what God did. So we stepped out in faith and we came here. And then we were in a little building over there, uh, just about a mile away from here too. We're in a little building. And I remember when we started to really grow, uh, my friend and I went and right on Irving, right by the highway on Irving Park, there was a Korean church. And with great courage, great boldness, I said, I'm ready. He and I walked up in the middle of the day. We laid hands on that building. We prayed for that building. We claimed it because it was for sale. And this was God. And you know what? That was not God's will. If we would have bought that building, by the time we renovated the building, we would have outgrown that building by three times. And so in my head, I was still limiting what God could do. And God was pushing me and pushing us. You see, you never stop growing in the Lord. Don't think that you stop growing in the Lord. You can always grow. There's nothing sweeter than the whispers of the revelation of Christ. He has beyond for you. He has more for you. And then we go after this building. He closes the door. We go over here, close the door. And here we are, hallelujah, by the glory of God. You will grow. You will grow in the beyond. You will grow in the power to believe and you'll ask and God will show you, I'm going to do more than you ask and then you're going to get to a place in God and then when you get to that place in God, you're like, man, I really got this faith thing going on. He's like, you ain't seen nothing yet. I can do exceedingly and abundantly beyond whatever you think or imagine. God wants to use his power at work inside of you to do the beyond. To do incredible things. It's remarkable what God wants to do. It's remarkable how God 
wants to use us. Getting into this building, now we're at another church. And I was standing there looking at that church the other day in Philly. You should pray about moving to Philly. Come on, get into the beyond. Got one clap. Thank you, Jesus. You don't know how God can use you. You don't know. So look, learn how to ask. Learn how to pray through this. Notice how it builds. Power to dwell, you spend time with God. Power to grasp, you start to really get the heart of God. When you take time with God and you get the heart of God, all of a sudden, the will of God starts to explode in your spirit. And you're like, God, I want to do your will. I need to do your will, God. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe. And I'm going to ask. Guess what? He'll do more. He'll do more than we ask. That's what we've seen. Anybody see him do more than you asked him? Hallelujah. Anybody see him do better? Okay. Number two. This is why we need power. When we receive power, he'll improve on what we think. He'll improve on what we think, more than we can ask or think. So our current revelation doesn't rise to the fullness of his glory. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. What God has shown you is just a little bit. There's so much more. You understand? He'll improve even on what we think. He does this for one, and he does it for all. So look, if you feel like you're pursuing the will of God, and God has been changing things up, of course, because he's doing an improvement plan. Let me tell you real quickly, and then, then we're going to pray. So I want to show you where we put in this. I want to, can we put that? Perfect. So look, in Paul's first missionary journey, Paul did this little bit of a loop from over here. He does this little bit of a loop. It was kind of a testing ground. I think Paul was learning things. It was his first missionary journey. And um, I, I was pulling out my old Bible school books and reading about this. But he affected a little bit this area, but nobody knows to the degree. They don't know if he impacted the churches in Galatia on his first. But we know this. In his second missionary journey, Paul was full of God, and he wanted to impact his world. Okay? So Paul, he takes off, right? He takes off from Antioch from over here, and then... He wants to go right to Galatia, and the Bible says, if we had a, a couple of hours, I could unpack this with Bible verses, but trust me, this is in the book of Acts. Instead of going right to Galatia, the Bible says the Holy Spirit said, nope, don't go to Galatia. This way. Then he wanted to go into Asia, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit forbid him to go into Asia. So then he's hanging out and he's like, I don't even know what to do. Where are you sending me, Lord? I want to go here. You say no. I want to go there. You say no. So then he gets the Macedonian call, right? This is Turkey over here. He gets the Macedonian call and God is saying, go to uh, Philippi, right? This is Greece. And he says, go to Greece. 
So he thought in his mind, I want to reach the world. I want to impact the world. I'm going to go to Galatia. I'm going to go. And God says, no, I want you to go over here to Macedonia. And that's where the Philippian church was born. Okay, started kind of outside, basically under a tree. Okay, so he starts the church under a tree. And then the map, you'll see it on the second one. But then he, from there, he goes all the way down. And he ministers and starts and impacts all these churches all the way down to, to the Corinth church. Put up the next map for me. So look. So now, so look. Uh, uh, where you see Thessalonica there, where you see Macedonia. Philippi is up where that yellow is. That's where Philippi was. And he went from Philippi all the way down, Delphi, Olympia, Athens, Sparta. The Corinthian churches were over here. And he goes from up there and he comes all the way down. He's starting all of these churches, right? Now, when he gets here and he's in Greece, he wanted to go to Rome over here. This is in his second missionary journey. When he got to Greece, he wanted to go to Rome. But God said to him, you can't go to Rome. Send them a letter. Everybody say, send them a letter. So Paul, so the Lord says to Paul, you can't go there right now. Send them a letter. And guess what Paul does? Paul writes the book of Romans. The book of Romans is the beautiful classic, magnificent gospel. Okay? There's no book like the book of Romans. Because the book of Romans is where we learn that our righteousness is as filthy rags, but Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. The gospel is free. Hallelujah. It's good news. It's free. All we have to do is put our faith in Jesus. It's laid out. Such a masterful legal argument. So he writes the book of Romans and he sends it there. He starts to write that way as well. And now he's impacting both churches. He goes back and in the third missionary journey, which I don't have here, he does impact Galatia. Right, And then on the fourth missionary journey, when he actually, he, he didn't necessarily want to go to Rome, but he had to go to Rome, he goes to Rome. From Rome, he then writes other books of the Bible. The book of Ephesians is one of them. And he writes from Rome in prison. He writes the book of Ephesians. Now, Paul had his plan. Paul wanted to impact the world. You see? And even though Paul wanted to impact the world, he was looking at it with his limited sight. And the Lord was saying, yeah, that's a good idea, but I've got a better idea. And he put him in such a way that he would go to strategic places and then he would write what would become the Pauline epistles. So Paul was trying to impact his immediate world. And Jesus was saying, you're, not, you're going to do more than impact your immediate world. You're going to more than start churches. You're going to write letters that are going to live for thousands of years. And churches and people in Chicago will read and believe. And they will step out and do great things. And billions and billions of lives. Hallelujah. Billions of lives. Because God improves on our plans. Paul had his plans. But God had a better plan. Everybody say, God has a better plan. So look, Paul wanted to reach his immediate world, but God improved on it. 
Put your name here. Put your name here. Okay? You, so-and-so wants to, but God is improving on it. <laughs>